With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blues Focus podcast airing every week on YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music. I'm Kieran, your host for this episode. Joining me this week, I've got Elliot and I've got Callum. Uh, two games to discuss. Um, unfortunately, both ended in 1-0 defeats. We'll start straight away with the game at the weekend, Sheffield Wednesday at home, the return of uh, Gary Monk as well. Uh, Elliot, what were your thoughts on the game at the weekend? I knew you were going to start with me. Um, Always. <laughs> uh, what were my thoughts on the game on Saturday? Um, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm trying to. Obviously, I'm reserving judgment on uh, on Karanka at the moment. I think he still doesn't know his his sort of starting lineup at the moment. So he's sort of. It was really disappointing performance. Let's be honest. Um, Sheffield Wednesday could have been about. Uh, two nil up probably, and that's being fair at half time. I think probably should have had a penalty. They should have had a penalty in the first half. Pedersen went through the back of someone quite quite clumsily, um, and then I thought, oh, they might get their act together at half time. Might come out in the second half um, and actually um, give it a go, and um, yeah, gave away a penalty. I mean, it's a bit harsh. I think looking at it, the referee, I think the referee was probably looking for it. Um, to be honest, I think he knew he made a mistake in the first half. Um, and then, like, like I said on the previous podcast last week, once we go that one goal down, I just fear for us at the moment. We just don't look like we've got any goals in us. Um, we've got no options off the bench, really, um, attacking wise. Um, and yeah, it was just inevitable, really. We sort of turned up for the last 10 minutes. Uh, but that's not good enough, really. So, obviously, it's only five and six games into the season. But if if this is still happening in another ten games' time, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of concern, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is a case of you know, it's still with all the signs that have come in, we just 
toothless at the minute. I think it's the uh, problem. But obviously this week, Callum's with us as well. Callum, what were your thoughts on the um, the Wednesday game, first of all? I mean, same as earlier. It's just just a bit tough to watch. I mean, I was looking ahead to the Wednesday game and I thought we were going to win. I thought 2-1 and I was thinking, we've been unbeaten. It's not been too bad. I know scoring seems to be something we can't do at the moment, but I thought we could at least nick one or two and I thought we'd have won. But then you just see the way the game's going. You see how Wednesday was sort of just controlling it and, you know, use the word inevitable. You just know that it was coming and it was it was annoying when they scored the penalty. Well, they got the penalty, which probably shouldn't have been a penalty, but, you know... It's one of those ones. Some go for you, some don't. And then Bannon scored and, yeah, we lost the game, which really was probably the fair result when you when you break it down. Yeah, I mean, it becomes a point. We say, you know, we're toothless. We don't score enough goals. It's, it's, it's inevitable. Do you think it's a case of maybe Karanka's focus too much on trying to bring some sort of, solidity to the defence and there's been no emphasis at all in the attacking style, so to speak. Because you can see obviously the defence has come on leaps and bounds since the tail end of last season especially. But there's nothing at all going forward that's really changed. I know Sanchez brings the odd uh, you know, bit of flair and Leco looks lively, but it that's just different personnel. There's nothing changed in the approach towards goal, from what I can say. I mean, obviously, I don't know whether you two agree. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's difficult. I know we were crying out for another striker on deadline day, um, just another option up front. You know, but unfortunately, I think Hogan's a confidence player. So when his confidence is not, you know, is not up, he's not going to perform. Um, but at the same time, we're not playing to his abilities at all. You know, tactically, we're not playing to his abilities. And obviously, with Duke out now, everything rests on his shoulders, like it did last night. And, and then, uh, like uh, Callum just said, in the midfield against Sheffield Wednesday, we were just completely outbattled, outfought, outplayed. Um, uh, you know, Luongo and uh, Barry Bannon are useful players at Championship level. Very good players. I know Brentford are interested in Barry Bannon. So, you know, and we've been interested in him. He's a very good player. Um, but it just doesn't it doesn't bode well when our midfield is not good enough to cope with Barry Bannon and the Wongo. Um and uh, we saw the same sort of thing against Norwich, we just you know, it was men against boys in the end. Yeah, I mean we move on to the Norwich game now quickly because it is very much all the same thing really albeit just a, a different ground pretty much Norwich 70, 78% possession was it in the end um, no real control nice of San Jose to get four minutes at the end when we're already 1-0 down but um, very much the same thing I know both of you were very vocal in the uh, in the podcast group last night discussing um various factors of the game but again I'm going to start with you on your opinions of the game Elliot overall uh, what did you think last night? Um, I think I understood what he was trying to get at tactically um, we were obviously up against a far superior side sort of going forward 
um, in Norwich. They had some big players back last night, which is um, just our luck. And then, um, and then, as the game sort of wore on towards half time, it, it really did look inevitable. It should have been probably one or two nil by then. Um, and I thought, I thought I was really hoping there would be a tactical change at half time. Um, I know we were lacking other options on the bench, but to, I just felt to continue as we had gone in the first half into the second half, it was just inevitable again that yeah. eventually we would concede a goal and it was a mistake in the end from Hogan. And I'm not, you know, I'm not completely blaming Hogan. I mean, the whole, um, whole side, um, you know, wasn't fantastic. The performance wasn't fantastic last night, but, um, but yeah, it was a mistake and then it resulted in the goal. It was just inevitable in the end. Yeah, I mean, the problem was for Hogan last night, yeah, look, the, the blame could be put on him. He, he gave the ball away for the, the goal, but there was no out ball for him. It's just a case of he, he'd have just lumped it and we'd have been under... On, on... Right, unfortunately for the viewers... Callum's university Wi-Fi is cut off, so um, yeah, that's him for the rest of the show. It's nice of him to make a little guest appearance, I suppose. He got almost as many minutes as San Jose last night. Uh, but yeah, Elliot, as, as, <laughs> as you were saying, um, yeah, Hogan getting blamed for the goal, but there wasn't really an option for him other than to hoof it and keep us under pressure, so... Six or one half dozen as the other, really, isn't it? Can you really, you know, can you blame him either way? We really no. didn't play to his strength, so did we? Last night, no, not not at all. And I know I, I don't blame Hogan at all. Last night, he had, don't get me wrong, he had one or two really good opportunities last night. You know, in the ninety-second minute or whenever it was, he, he only had to track the ball. Uh, but I'll give him it. I'll give him his. Uh, give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, he, I think he probably thought that the defender in front of him was going to head that out and he completely missed it. Um, and in the first half, he had an opportunity with a, a loose pass from Norwich. Norwich and uh, he could have been clean through if he could have got, if he could could have controlled that ball. Again, I think it was just his control all night letting him down. Um, he's not being utilised properly, is he? And uh, he wasn't utilised properly last night tactically by Karanka. I don't yeah. really know what his, what his role last night was. Uh, just run around a little bit. You know, put a little bit of pressure on the back four, but uh, what was the point? Um, if we were like, you know, I was trying, I was having a few conversations earlier on Twitter. You know, in terms of you know, last night tactically, we were just happy to set up with five at the back, four along the midfield, sit deep, just get into our shape, make it very difficult to play through. Um, and Norwich tried very hard to play through the lines, and they did very well. Their one-touch passing and their movement was superb, um, but. In terms of Hogan, I think he would have been better off just sitting a lot deeper, sitting on Skip or uh, the other central defensive midfielder they've got there. They were dictating play um, and just sort of uh, unsettling them. Instead, he was playing a little bit further up. He was there was too much distance between him and the midfield, and and he was basically, um, you know, he was he was he was pressing for no reason whatsoever. Um, it was a complete waste of time. On his part, so well, yeah, the commentators yeah. said the commentators said last night, didn't they? That you know Norwich have always had a under Farker, especially have had a style of play that they that he's utilised from the first game there. 
even in the Prem last season, you, you're saying they didn't adapt to anyone else. It was, no, this is the way we play. And that's that. They knock it around the back. They, they like to keep as much control of the ball as possible. And and your problem is, is like you say, when the midf- the gap between Hogan and the midfield, or even Hogan and Eleko and Sanchez on the wings, when that gap is that, that large, it's pointless having Hogan press uh, two centre-backs and the keeper are knocking it around him for fun. Because uh, what if, they, if we make them panic and shank a pass our nearest players 30 40 yards so it, it didn't make sense like you say if he, is he if he sat on skip or he sat on is it rup i think was the other one luke's rup if he sat on one of those two and and all of a sudden you're in a you're in a, a unit and, and that front three presses are the three like you see with liverpool like you see with sir like you even see to a certain extent with norwich because you've got you know pookie you had hugo uh Buendia, Camp while they all done it, so you had four last night. How many times did we get caught out last night? You had Leco give it away in the first half, but even Hogan for the goal, you know, it happened a couple of other times as well. Where, um, you know, Efridge had a heavy touch that turned out to be a pass to Harley Dean in the end, but we were fortunate Dean was there because that was a goal otherwise. Um, so surely Crank's got to look at that now. And say, right, the way we went about the press last night didn't quite work. I know that he's known for it anyway, Forrest, Middlesbrough. He, this was his play. This was his style of play. We knew that before we come in. But it, last night, it just goes to show that away to these, these better championship sides, it, it won't make a fat lot of difference if we have just one player pressing on his own. Mm. Yeah. But it, yeah. It was very, very frustrating to watch. Um, you know, I was watching, I was watching Hogan pressing the ball on the edge of Norwich's box, and Grant Hanley's just playing a square ball back to Crawl, and then they're playing a square ball across to Gibson, and then they're just playing out. And there was absolutely no point whatsoever, especially like we say with Cranko, he likes his team to sit in, keep shape, um, and be, become hard to break down. In the end, we just had a striker up there running around like a headless chicken. Um, he had no support behind him whatsoever because they were just funneling back and sitting in their shape. Um, it was just completely pointless, uh, you know. And they just ran ran rings around us in the end. You know, they had nearly 800 passes. Um, we had 200 passes, um, we, and like you say, we had barely 30 percent possession. It was it was like a training match for, for Norwich, and, it, and on another day, it really should have been three or four. Oh, we got. Everidge to thank really for the fact that it wasn't at least two, three or four. Um, another, what I thought, a solid performance from him. Um, yeah. But again, you know, it just goes to show there is some improvements there, especially in terms of the starting 11 that the, the, the players in the squad, but obviously not quite there yet. But how much more time can we give it to gel before you've got to start uh, worrying a bit? Because I know that. There's a lot of frustration and, and, and panic on, on the socials at the minute in terms of what we're seeing from the Blues. But yeah. surely, surely you've still got you've got to give it time at the minute. Absolutely. Um, you've definitely got to give it time. Like I said earlier, it's five, six games. Um, you know, we've still got 40 matches to play. So, you know, in another 10 games time, uh, you know, once we've played about 15, 16 matches, we will sort 
be able to see whereabouts we're going we're going to be going this season. Let's let's be honest. That was a reality check last night. That is how far off challenging in this division we are. Norwich will be challenging for the top two spots this season with performances like that. No doubt about it. They have class and ability for this division to tear teams apart this season. So, you know, we don't have that. We don't have the ability in the middle of the park that they have to control a game, to to advance on a team and keep them under sustained pressure. I don't think we kept possession last night for longer than, say, 10 seconds, 15, 20 seconds. I mean, Norris last night, they had the ball sometimes for sort of three or four minutes at a time. It was, it was, I don't want to use the word, but it was embarrassing at times to think that we're in the same division as this team. Yeah, it looked like we were playing Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, I mean, oh, we, we joke about the fact he got four minutes after, or oh, four minutes plus, ten minutes in technical with, with the added time as well. But San Jose, is he now the, he's got to be the face that comes in in place of, of Clayson with the suspension. Mm. But do we, do we expect him to bring that sort of level of control to a certain extent? You know, we could, he's obviously uh, got the pedigree. He's had Spain caps. He's you know, and Spanish midfielders are uh, some of the more highly thought of when it comes to keeping a ball. Yeah, definitely. I think that's our that's our problem is that once we dispossess a team, is keeping hold of the ball and having that uh, control and authority. You know, being able to say, you know, look at Norwich last night. They were not scared to win the ball and play it back straight away. Once they regained the possession of the ball, they could then set up another attack. When we won the ball, it was seen to look forward, look forward. And you think, oh, no, hang on a second. Look back, pass it sideways. It's not, it's not a problem. Keep the ball. We, needed, we just couldn't keep hold of that football last night. And, and I, I, you know, Clayton didn't have a great performance last night. Um, you know, Sundridge put himself about, which is what we expect from him. But we need a player next to him that, when he's got the ball at his feet and when we dispossess the team, he's able to keep the ball under pressure. And I, like I say, hopefully that's going to be San Jose. He's got to come in for for the game of QPR on Saturday uh, because, well, I think he's got no choice. I don't want to see Gary Gardner. No offence to the lad, but he's not what we need next to Sundic, I'm afraid. We need a player that's, that's good on the ball. There is that debate, isn't there? You've seen it with... Gardner playing against Wednesday and now Sunjic in last night. I think it's very much a case of Sunjic or Gardner, especially in Karanka's mind, rather than Sunjic and Gardner. Um, yeah. They're very much two similar players in the fact that they, they, they just put themselves about, win the ball, but then it's a head up, knock it on sort of thing. But, I mean, it's... It is a difficult one. You know, the squad, there's a lot more quality in it now there's there's no doubt in that with uh you know like we, with Sam Jose coming in we said it just you know, a well-esteemed player um Clark Salter back on loan he's he's going to improve the starting 11 um no doubt about that um but I just a lot of it it, it it's like Callum said earlier in his uh, little cameo appearance it, it almost felt inevitable these results felt inevitable. Um, yeah. And, and something's got to change. We've got to see 
something different that makes the fans believe that there is change, you know, really happening. And it is, uh, you know, it is an urgent matter, really, isn't it? Because, like we say, we've already got fans in meltdown on <laughs> on Twitter. So, but what what would you do differently uh, for the QPR game then? Um, I think I think at this stage of the season, I hate to say, it, but results aren't a big deal. You know, it's the performances. It's it's seeing an improvement week on week. You know, and at the moment, I feel like we're kind of going a little bit backwards. Yeah, well, yeah, we're defending very well. We're defending solid as a unit. But if you put any team with eleven behind the ball and part of the bus, it is difficult to to break them down. You know, but the at the end of the day, you've got to have a threat going the other way. So I would like to see us revert back to the quarterback. I don't want to see Pedersen as a wing back because it doesn't work. The guy is good in his own half, I think. Uh, but in the opposition's half, he's no good. He's got no uh, composure on the ball. He can't pass. So there's no point in playing Pedersen as a wing back, getting back as left back. Um, play quarterback, two central defensive midfielders, and let's get four forwards up there. Um, and, and give it a go. You know, I'd rather see us go up there, score one or two, and draw or lose than go up there and lose one nil again. I, I, I'm, I'm not for that. I mean, what you see against Wednesday in the, uh, the when Leco come on for the last 15 minutes, um, and we actually gave it a go. We, we it, well, Leco probably should have scored with the chance he had. Um, all he's got to do it in that position is lift, put a bit of height on, lift on the ball rather than just hit it across the floor where it's pretty obvious that's where the defender was going to be. Um, Kate would have had no yeah. chance. Um, you know, Hogan had a chance when he was onside. Yeah, it was coming over his shoulder, but you make decent contact from there. You at least hit the target. He scored a goal similar against Wednesday last season. So, you know, he's got it in his locker. Um, and obviously, when he did put the ball in the net, he was offside. But when we seem to have a go, we actually look quite dangerous, but he seems to be so reluctant to actually give them the, the freedom to do that, which I know, yeah, we said it when we spoke about it on the podcast months ago, when was the talk of Karanka was coming in, we knew what to expect, but um, the championship is so open in terms of, Anyone can beat anyone. Yeah, you've got your, your better sides, Norwich, Bournemouth, Watford, for example, the three that come down, kept a lot of the, the, their squad from last season, um, with the exception of one or two names from each side. Uh, but the core's still there. But then other than that, you look around, is there any teams in there really that that should frighten you? We played, we played Brentford and Swansea's our first two games and got four points. Um, and they're arguably the, the best of the rest. Um, so why not why not loosen the reins and and let the fans yeah. see some 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 exciting football? I think. But, um, <laughs> I mean, like we said earlier, um, we've discussed this. You know, it's not his mantra to to play open, expansive, attacking football. It is to simply be uh, hard to beat. Um, and uh, we were probably, we were three minutes away from a nil-nil last night. Yeah, brilliant. But you know, on another day, like I said, it could have been three or four, and it will go on like that throughout the season. 
Um, I think I think we've got to give it time. Like I said, another ten games, we will see. You know, we will see how things are sort of shaping up a little bit more. You know, QPR at the weekend is a good opportunity for us to throw caution, a little bit more caution to the wind. I hope, rather you know, compared to last night, um, and attack a little bit more. Uh, it'd be an interesting game to see how they get on. And Huddersfield at home following week would be an interesting game. So it's been a tough start to the season. Uh, compare it to some of the other teams that have, um, you know, their fixtures. It's been a, it's been a difficult season. You know, I think Brentford, Swansea, Stoke away, um, obviously Norwich away. Um, Rotherham, you know, they're going to be competitive this season. Um, you know, obviously, we're expecting more from Sheffield Wednesday, but it wasn't to be. Um, so yeah, a lot rests on Saturday, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's not a case of being critical of, of Karanka because it, it, it's more of a case of, you know, look, we can be difficult to beat and still have some attacking intent. With the players in the squad, you, you've got the, the capability of, of, of having a balance in the side rather than it being all or nothing. You've got to be all out in defence or, or you have a go, but you're shocking at the back. We know that the, the, the players in there... Uh, we've got a starting eleven that's capable of doing both sides of the job. Uh, it's just a case of I think him giving them the right rather than being so cautious. But maybe that'll come with time. Maybe it's a case of that's what's being worked on at the minute. Uh, like I said earlier on in the podcast, it seems that a lot of it, um, especially at the minute from what we're seeing, it's in training. It's been how can he make it a solid defensive unit. Uh, and and not too much emphasis on anything else. He knows we're good at set pieces anyway, so minimum effort being put in on the training pitch for that. Look, we scored 15 goals from set pieces last season. Uh, Every goal this season's been from a set piece so far, Um, or, you know, at least in the follow-up of it. So, um, yeah, I think change... In the, or at least some sort of attacking intent is going to be brought in soon. I hope. Absolutely. But, you know, it looking has, forward. It has to be. It has to be, mate. It has to be. We have, we have to attack in this division. We, we, can't, we can't go into every game uh, like we did last night. And we can't perform like we did in every game as we did on Saturday. Not, not a chance. We'll get, we'll get relegated. We'll go down. Oh, you know. Well, moving on from your positivity, so, um, <laughs> two games again um, over the next from Saturday and next midweek. Obviously, we'll uh, mm. schedule the podcast for shortly after the game on Wednesday night. Um, QPR and then Huddersfield. Um, expectations in terms of what you want to see in results, um, performance. Start with QPR away, like you said. Hopefully, for a bit more caution to the wind. Yeah, definitely. QPR is not an easy one. Um, I've been I've been to a few of those games lately, and uh, obviously won't be able to go on Saturday, which is a shame. But um, yeah, I would take a draw. I always I would always take a draw at QPR. It's a really tricky place to go to. So a score draw would be good. I'd like to see a score goal from open play, which would be nice. Uh, so I'll take a one or that. And then next week against Huddersfield, Huddersfield they look uh, they look far improved from last season. Unfortunately, so again, I'd like to see us try and take that game by the scruff of the neck and go for it in that game. 
Um, obviously, try not to lose it. But again, you know, if it's two draws, as long as we can score goals, I'm not too displeased. It's early days, I would say. There's still a lot of time to go, a lot of games to go. Just failed being another one where we can draw to a certain extent the comparisons compared to, you know, on last season because, um, yeah, as with uh, Swansea beyond closed doors last year, albeit at home at that time, compared to Swansea away this year, you're looking, we've got the point. Uh, whereas Huddersfield, both of these, uh, two consecutive home games, one post-lockdown and now new season, both beyond closed doors. It'll be interesting to see the difference in how we approach the game compared to how we did under um, Clitet. Oh, I think Huddersfield turned us over. I can't remember the exact score. I just know we lost. Was it? I think... Was it, did they score three? Or was it just one or two? <laughs> I think it was three, wasn't it? I think we were conceding three goals most most games uh, post-lockdown. Um, so, yeah, no. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying, obviously, I'm trying to block it out. I think that's the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the issue, listen, but... Listen, the fact that we've only conceded four goals in six games is, is definitely an improvement, you know. Um... We've just got to. We've really got to improve at the other end. Um, like I say, we've got forty games, so you know, I'm not panicking. Um, we've got Norwich away out of the way now, so hopefully, starting starting Saturday, we can actually, uh, you know, can hopefully pose some teams some problems going forward. Fingers crossed. It's like we said, you know, the the, the bodies are there, the players are there. Would have been yeah. nice having a striker in, although I think we can still dip into the free agent market if needs be, but I don't know if there's actually anyone out there worth even looking at. Um, yeah. Well, I keep seeing Umar Nias's name bandied around. Mm, yeah. I mean, it, oh. Would his wages not be too steep? Playing Premier League football much. last year. Yeah, I don't know much about the player. I, I know, obviously, not... Uh, Everton are trying to uh, get him off the books. Or, oh, he's gone now, is he? Is he gone? Is he left? Yeah, he's free agent. Got him, yeah, into the seat. Yeah, well, same last season, beginning of this. Um, I mean, I think, to be perfectly honest with you, what we've got is what we've got. We, we need to just crack on now, um, do the best we can. And then once January comes along, hopefully, um, we can maybe look at another, another forward. But yeah, we've got what we've got is is it, I think. Yeah, I think you uh, unfortunately might be right, but just <laughs> look. We've got Clark's all back on deadline though, can't grumble too much. Um Yeah, just what we needed another defender, so you know, at the moment. So I'm sure you'll do good. Now I'm happy with Jake Clark's all coming back, but you know, in that left centre back position, I think Fran's been doing a good job. So I uh, me personally, it wasn't a position that I was particularly worried about. You know, if, if he got an injury or he didn't have the legs to sustain, you know, 46 games this season, we've got, you know, we have got Mark Roberts, we've got Bejrami from the uh, development side. You know, it's not it's not the end of the world. I just really felt we needed another striker. It was just a shame that we didn't get one in. Yeah, well, let's see what, uh, let's see what comes around in January's window. It's, it's... You know, obviously, with uh, what's going on, it's not actually that far off. It's not, no. So, yeah, there's hopefully some um, some plans going on behind the scenes. I'm sure. 
Karanka uh, yeah. made his wish list. I'd see it just in case if sometimes they don't come available to those straight away. Yeah, and obviously, you know, we've said it on previous podcasts that we're going through a pandemic at the moment. Clubs haven't got money and there's no supporters in the stadiums at the moment. You know, the money we have got for Bellingham, you know, it really does need to be invested into the club, you know, going forward because it's going to be really tough times in the next 12 months. So I don't blame the club for, you know, not spending. We haven't got money to spend. So, um, yeah, you know, fingers crossed we have a good solid season this year. You know, I'd take, like I say, take the table, won't we? So. Yeah, even just not going into the last day, we were all expecting to get relegated be a, would be an improvement, wouldn't it, I suppose? Obviously, a bit yeah. saved, by, uh, saved by Wigan's point deduction in the end. And, well, obviously, uh, <laughs> the fact that Charm got the arse handed to him at Leeds, but. Yeah. Yeah, anything is an improvement. It's it's a start, isn't it? We'll, we'll get there, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I mean, there's two defeats. Not really much more talking points at the minute with uh, with um, transfer window shut. But just to quickly touch on mm. the fact we've got um, special guests lined up on our uh, our next recording, which is happening. Um, over the weekend, uh, Paul Devlin, I believe, is joining us for a Q and A. Um, got your questions ready? I believe you you uh, you said that you was old enough <laughs> to remember his career with us. Can lock some of the other lads in the in the group. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I think uh, I started going to St Andrews around sort of nineteen ninety five, nineteen ninety six. I think that's literally when Paul Devlin signed for the club. So. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I do remember him, but it was a, a long while ago. So, yeah, I've got a few questions lined up. I know that he's got a few stories to tell, um, particularly, you know, stories around how he celebrated when we got promoted in 2002, should be interesting. And he had uh, an up and down relationship with Trevor Francis. So, yeah, it'd be an interesting, uh, interesting chat. Yeah, and I think uh, there's some of us um, ticking on behind the scenes. So, Keep your eyes and ears pierced for those, I suppose. Um, that's that's about what we've got time for tonight, really. Um, thanks for watching and tuning in. Um, get us your questions, as always, on the media channels at Blues Focus Pod. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.